Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the second Fragments of Silicon review of the week. Um, up this time is a game called Planarium. Uh, so um, if you are just coming off our last review, you heard us talk a bit about this game. Um, indeed, it came up a bit uh, in last Sunday's review as well. Um, so this is a first-person indie horror game. Um, in terms of genre, which is, and I am, once again, a remark to that, I'm surprised that we're getting to one of these, like, now, as opposed to, you know, months ago. Because um, indie horror games are are a pretty uh, prolific and popular genre on the scene. Um, one look at YouTube will confirm this. You know, and the myriad of let's plays of say amnesia the dark descent mm-hmm. you know among other games um uh it's like uh penumbra and doris darkness and so on and so forth um now what's significant about this is it's a takeoff of lovecraft as well which is another popular horror staple. Um, but it's worth noting that there's an art to pulling off Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraftian horror is not one of the kinds of horror that is very popular in movies and stuff. A lot of it is about uh, discomfort in strange environments and doubt about whether the universe is real or whether... Mm-hmm. Or just the general grim possibility that, like, in general, a lot of the bad guys or the the biggest threats in Lovecraft stuff aren't actually evil. They're just unfathomably ancient and huge and powerful and uh, think about as much about humans as humans do about stepping on ants. Right. Among- so it, it's it's a very it's a it's a it's more of a deep concern and unease rather than a panicky oh no there's a thing that just jumped out of the closet and it's going to kill me right I think the key word here is atmosphere mm-hmm. like Lovecraft is very atmospheric and like you know it's a type of horror that Hollywood 
really has problems coming to grips with. Um, because if you've seen like a Hollywood adaptation of, uh, of Lovecraft, um, you'll know how fucking bad this is. Like, you know, because, well, you know, people think, you know, horror means gore. You know, uh, it means, you know, blood, guts, and all, all that stuff. And that's not really the case, especially with Lovecraft. Now, Lovecraft is much more psychological. Some of the scariest stuff doesn't have people actually dying at all. Yeah. And, um, and Canarium really understands this. Like, though this can be a bit of a double-edged sword, that is to say, um, most of the tension, most of the terror, most of the uncomfort comes from the atmosphere. Um, comes from, uh, you know, um, you know, comes from the um, sense that you are very isolated. Like, mm -hmm. so it's worth noting that this game isn't just Lovecraftian in the sense of a label. It's actually basing itself on the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, uh, uh, specifically at the monster uh, at the mountains of madness yeah it's like, a seat which is a novella that was written in like the, the early 1930s yes <laughs> it's it's one of his uh, it's one of his more uh, signif uh signified works like it, you know it's pretty well known, and it's uh, yeah. regarded. I believe it's one of the. Well, for one thing, it's one of the longer things. It's a it's a full novella instead of a short story. A lot of Lovecraft stuff is short fiction. Right, very short. Like, uh -huh. and right. I suppose we should go over at the uh, Mountains of Madness first before we uh, get into uh, the Cornarium itself. Like so. You know, I suppose spoilers for an 80-year-old uh, book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, At the Mountains of Madness was born out of uh, Lovecraft's um, obsession with Antarctic exploration. Now, which kind of makes um, sense. Antarctica is really freaking bleak, which definitely is a good setting for that kind of... Right. It's, it's why uh, uh, it was used in, what, The Thing? John Carpenter's the thing, among other uh, among other reasons. Mm -hmm. Like you know, it's also because it's um, uh, one of the last unexplored frontiers. Like even today, Antarctica isn't all that uh, charted because you know it's the coldest place in the um, world. Want to see it? Want to see a really detailed map of Antarctica? Holds up piece of blank white paper. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially um, in regards to like, especially like back in the 1930s. You know, and this like this is actually this is also the novella where a lot of the elder god uh, mythos got built off, built up. Um, yeah, yeah a lot of those things came from different short stories and stuff. Right. I mean, this is where like. 
Um, granted, um, some of these things would keep coming back, but like this is the book that gave us the Shoggoths. Um, uh huh. The you know the formless minions. I, I suppose, like yeah, um, like some of the some of the stuff uh, involves Lang, so. Mm-hmm. And, which is related um, in some of the stuff in the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, and I think even in The Outsider, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's like the the Shogoths are this um, unspeakable, are, are, which is a big Lovecraft thing. Is it's not no, scary if you can describe it. No, it, that's not that you're thinking of Yog Shogoth. The Shogoths are um, this purple goo that can, that will perform any task, assume any form, and reflect any thoughts. Um, but are uh, they like, Rugos? I don't think I'm, so. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I believe that I'm actually like, means scaly, so I don't think they are. Yeah, I'm like... Um, what is, like... What, like, I suppose, like, one of the most important um, aspects to this book is you're actually dealing with a couple different um, alien civilizations, for lack of a better term. But, mm-hmm. um, like, first of all, there's the, there's the lizard people. Uh, there's the uh, or the reptilian folk that um, occupy these ruins, but they're not the builders. That distinction belongs to you know what is often called the elder gods, uh, not exactly uh, they're elder things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, elder things are different than elder gods. I mean, they're really powerful, but they're still basically mortalish. Right, but. Um, they are, they were revered by the reptilians as um, gods themselves, mm-hmm. and this is all worth noting because all of this backstory, all of this, he- factors heavily in the game. Um, yeah, it, like, it's the 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 short story of the no- the the basic outline of the novella is scientists going to Antarctica on a scientific expedition and find unearthly. Uh, civilizations there and uh, terrifying things and uh, maybe we shouldn't be poking around too much in the mountains in Antarctica. Right. Um, <laughs> right. At the Mountains of Madness is actually supposed to be a cautionary tale you know, um, to those who would go exploring. I'm like and that's where Canarium picks up. It's the next expedition. I'm like, they didn't listen to wisdom, basically. And, mm-hmm. you know, the explorers, you know, and you will actually find the uh, At the Mountains of Madness book in the game. Like, it, it's like, it's an actual document in in the world. Which so, could be pretty useful as like a field guide to people who, you know, are dumb enough to go back. Yeah, and uh, you know, <laughs> and, and these are people, well, um, who aren't just going back, but uh, there's there's the there's the Carnarium itself, which is, um, I, I'm hesitant to delve into what it is or what it might be because once again, this is Lovecraft. Um, it's hard to tell if. 
all if any of this is actually happening no um and, this and if is, it is happening is it happening on this plane of reality or a different one well well that is one of the questions because um this isn't so much this isn't so much a spoiler you will be visiting different planes of reality but you know one of the question that one of the questions that comes up is are you actually here or is this a delusion is this, you know, some, you know, mind trick? And keep in mind, one of the Lovecrafts, that's another thing that comes up somewhat repeatedly, and he has a, I don't think they're in this, but he has a race called the Yithians, or the Great Race of Yith, who, their whole thing is that they're really weird things from the end of, from like the end of time, who uh, send, project their minds into other people's bodies in other places and times, and then you swap, so that's very on point of, wait, is this real? Is this really happening? Well, sorry. It's not just say the plane jumping, but um, like a lot of the like the actual I'd say jump scares or you know actual scary things you encounter. Um, a lot of the time, they'll they'll like there's this one sequence where you're. Um, let's say dealing with monstrosities of some sort. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't want to give it away, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's presented in a way where you go, was that real or wasn't that real? Like, you know, I kind of have to be vague here be, to avoid spoilers because... Mm -hmm. Um, this is definitely a game you should go into with as little foreknowledge of like the actual um, the actual game as pop, you know, uh, the actual events of the game. You know, the, knowing the structure isn't so much of an issue, cons uh, you know, especially since you know it starts out uh, with the same conceit as at the uh, at the mountains of madness. Like you are an explorer who wakes up you're on an antarctic expedition like um but it's you know you know a couple of strange things are going on um first of all there's this very odd device um that you know that that's giving off an alien glow and you, you know your memories are very hazy and, you know, the other thing is there's nobody else around. And that's really where a lot of the tension comes from. Um, you know, I, you will be playing... You, you will not encounter other life, maybe. Like, or maybe you will. You know, it's like... but. You know, there is a very, very um, oppressive feeling of dread that hovers around the entire concept, as you'd expect. Like, I'd say another uh, portion of what makes the game so tense is the soundtrack. Like, um, the soundtrack does a very excellent job um, capturing the mood of isolation. And it's not just like a sound effects style, you know, 
although there is that you you do get a lot of um, forlorn uh, forlorn wind blowing, especially because you know um, you're in Antarctica and there's a snowstorm going on. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you, know, you know you will get a lot of um, melancholy tracks that you know add to the mood. This is de- like this is definitely a game I would say play with the soundtrack on. I'm not sure if I would recommend getting the soundtrack on its own because, you know, it's not so much, it, it isn't something that I would listen to, but I thought it worked, you know, it's actually um, doing a job. As right. Opposed, you know, it, it's part, like, it's part of the game experience, like a big part of the game experience. And not having that there, I think, would make it for a lesser experience. Like that being said, you can pick up the soundtrack on its own, and it's only three dollars. So uh, it doesn't look like there's a a soundtrack edition. Like um, now, I suppose I suppose um, there's a question here that we might need to address that hasn't come up before, and that's um, the subject of let's plays, like. Um, and the question is, you know, like, should you buy this game or, you know, should you, um, watch a Let's Play of this? You know, um, so this is actually a question that's been kind of raging around certain games, certain genres, um, certain projects, what have you. There Um, are certainly some games where it's not the same if you watch them after watching a Let's Play them after watching a Let's Play of them. Right, and, you know, like the argument, if, in the case of, say, Canarium, is you'd probably be getting the same experience watching the game as you would um, playing the game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would not agree to that, you know. You know, it's like even something like an indie horror game, you know, it's that game part of the game thing. It, it's like, yes, you can watch the Let's Plays, um, and you'll get some of the experience. Although, I, I never quite got the appeal of, um, I, I guess it's watching the Let's Player get freaked out. Yeah. You know, because, you know, otherwise... See Markiplier doing Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, you know, why do you want the uh, the person yammering there with the with the fucking horror game? You know, that's that's completely obliterating the mood. That's com- like that's completely ruining the immersion. Yeah, I guess it's kind of has to do with like when found footage v- movies were kind of a thing. I guess, but um, it's like. Uh, it's definitely a, a case here in Carnarium where um, try not to watch the Let's Play first. Try, like, um, because this game is, because it's Lovecraftian, um, a big part of its horror is isolation. I cannot emphasize this enough. It's, you know, that feeling that you are very alone in this research station um 
except for maybe the creeping terror that might be lurking around the corner. Uh, kind of deal. And that's something you have to be immersed in to really feel. Now, so, I w like, if you do play this game, um, just go into it blind and, you know, like, like, don't play your own custom soundtrack. Don't, like, don't even turn off the music. Like, it, the whole package is there um, working in tandem. Like, and if you take away one piece of that, I won't say the whole thing falls apart, but, you know, it, your experience in terror isn't going to be enriched. Because um, I won't say that there aren't jump scares in the game, but they're not that prevalent. Now, th th that's why I've been not emphasizing what Lovecraftian horror is all about, because this game understands that concept. And, you know, is <laughs> trying to instill um, not just terror, but dread into you and that's a much deeper fear mm -hmm. than what um a lot of these jump scare games go for i mean i if if you don't like horror and you still are interested in the story or something then maybe that would be a good way to do it but if you really the idea intended feeling of this is less that it's going to make you scream and have to take a break and more something that you'll play through the whole game and then feel uncomfortable for a while like yeah be because it's just <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll admit uh i didn't play th this game as long as i did in portions because you know that it, it's that late night shit uh, i'm like is there something going to be around the corner kind of you know like like there's definitely a a case of creeping paranoia that crept up fear of mm -hmm. the unknown yes like um, like, uh, in, now in terms of graphics, this game looks quite stunning. You know, it's like, um, it's a UE4 game. So, it's also going to be, um, uh, like, it, it's going to be a, a bit on the, um, graphical processor. I'm like, indeed, that, I'm like, that kind of does lead me to my main complaint about the games, about the game, and I'm not sure if this was just me or if it was the game itself, but um, the controls never quite felt right. Like they felt um, a lot stickier and clutchier than they were supposed to. And I wasn't sure if that was like a graphical issue, um, like too much slowdown or so something, or if it was the game itself. Also, like, there was some mouse acceleration going on here that I couldn't fix. Um, be um, because, like, it's, ooh, using a mouse was, ooh. Even on the lowest settings was an issue. Like, I, I actually switched to a controller to play this game. Like, and for me to do that with a first-person game on the PC, it, you know, 
it, it makes me think that this game was built for a controller. Yeah, I was about to ask, is there a console version of this game out as well? I think that there might be. I, I, I want to say that this came out on the PlayStation 4 as well, but let me check on that. Yeah, because, like, the trailers are only saying stuff about Steam, so I don't know if there's, like, one in development or it could have just been the plug-in pack for UE4 they used. Okay, yeah, it, it's out now on um, Steam, but it's coming to the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 later on in 2017. Ah. <laughs> that, that, that does make sense. Like, uh, let's see. Um, replay value. Actually, first, um, it is worth noting that this game isn't uh, just a walking simulator. Uh, it actually ha um, it actually has a lot uh, in common with... Uh, it's kind of a hybrid point-and-click adventure game as well. Hmm. Um, that is to say, you do solve puzzles at certain points that are of dubious logic. I.e. Welcome to Lovecraft. Yes. Like, um, so there is a challenge there as well. Um, you're collecting copious amounts of notes in various formats. Now, do you, is it like they give you a logbook or do you actually have to write stuff down? No, they, they give you a logbook. All right. Like, uh, and it's not just, you will find like Resident Evil style notebook pieces around. But um, you'll also be logging um, memories, um, what they call them, and um, certain like reliefs and puzzle elements. You know, um, recordings. Um, there are phonograph recordings, um, which are the you know, audio log book of this game. So uh, a lot of the modern collectathon trappings, basically, and there are also secrets. Uh, you know, like in both the forms of like rooms, secret rooms that that you have to enter via a certain method, and also what they call trophy items. Like uh, I'm not exactly sure what they do because I didn't get them all. Like like I was less concerned about 100% completion and more, you know, getting through the game. And I will say that there are at least two endings. I'm like... Are what? any of them not terrible? Define terrible. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like, you do know this is Lovecraft we're talking about, right? Yeah, the the ending of the original at the Mountains of Madness basically is the 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 main character does get away, but like his research assistant goes sad, most goes crazy from seeing horrible things. Most of the rest of the research team ends up dead because elder things. I'm like, how do I put this? Like, I'm trying to think of a good way to put one of the endings. I'm like. One of the endings might be one of the most, I hesitate to see say a beat, but probably positive um, Lovecraft ending, Lovecraft or Lovecraftian endings I've seen. Um, and there's a specific reason for that that I, I really can't spoil. Mm -hmm. Because it, it, it's kind of the um, 
central um, conceit around it. The, the Fair other, enough. It's like the other ending is definitely more typical Lovecraft, maybe, but um, it's a bit on the bizarre side. So typical Lovecraft. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like, um, it's more the ending of another one of his not, uh, stories, actually. Mm. Like, which reminded me of it. Um, not, and if I say which one it is, you'll probably guess what, what I'm talking about. So. Yeah. You know, I'll just leave it there. You know, as to not give away, you know, because there is replay value to be had here, but, like, you don't have to play the game again to get, like, both endings. It's more, you know, one ending comes a bit before the other ending mm. kind of deal. Like, you know, you just make sure you have a manual save and you're good. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so... And, you know, if you're not a completionist, though, I would say this is a one-and-done game. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like, I mean, I enjoyed what I played. I put in about 11, 12 hours of it. But I don't see myself uh, going back to it. Mm. Yeah, well, I like I like games like this in like theory and I find the story interesting I don't have much stomach for horror games so I actually might be more inclined to try to watch someone else play it or something you can do that mm-hmm. um, if you so wish um, and, and that kind of centers around the asking price here the game is $20 um, like I said you know it's a fair. It's price. a little on the high end. Yeah, it's you know, granted, um, you can definitely see um, where the production values are, um, because mm-hmm. you know the production values are shockingly high. Um, yeah, just like looking at like the trailer and screenshots of this, I'd probably pay twenty dollars for it if I was into Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, you know, how into horror, how are you, how much are you into this style of horror? Because if you're looking for, say, Five Nights at Freddy, um, you're going to feel disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there are jump scares in the game, but they're not that prevalent. No. And that's all I can really say, like... I th- I've pretty much reached the limits of what I can talk about in this game without actually crossing the veil into um, spoiler territory. I see what you did there. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and yes, that was intentional. <laughs> like, like, uh, but yeah, you know, maybe pick this game up in October when, you know, the Halloween season's around. Yeah, I guess it should be mentioned that currently this is not on the 2017 Steam Summer Sale. 
know, which isn't too much of a surprise. Like, I could definitely see it going on sale um, oh, during... On their fall sale, it's probably going to go on sale. Yeah. Like, but right now... Well, it's like, we'll, we'll, we might find that out on Tuesday because um, we actually... We actually do have an interview with um, one of the people who was involved in the making of this game. Like, but before I segue into that, um, are there any thoughts from uh, the team here? Even though you know you guys didn't get to play this one, um, not really. At least not on my end. My interest has been piqued. Very noted. Alex, did you mute yourself? Are you there? Eat your microphone? <laughs> it tastes like chicken. Did he step away and didn't think we'd notice? I guess. Carry on? Um, yeah, it's like, well, uh, never mind that. So... Um, that'll about do it for uh, Canarium. Um, yeah, you know, it's like I personally would recommend this game. Uh, one of the better games I've played this year, but your mileage may vary. It's definitely much a, a one of those as well. Um, so the week ahead, um, we have a Tuesday interview, as mentioned before, um, on Tuesday morning. We have uh, Gallip uh, Carto uh, Blue. I will admit, I have no idea how to pronounce this name. Um, uh, yeah, it's Turkish or whatever you said? Yeah, it's Turkish, apparently. Like, yeah, Tur Turkish. Turkish is an unusual language. Yeah. Um, he, um, he was the chief programmer and... Um, like one of the story writers, he wore quite a few hats from what I garnished in the credits. Um, and he works at uh, Zoetrope Games, the developer of uh, Canarium Games. Like, so that's some convenient timing. On Wednesday, uh, June 28th, we will ha be having John Pickett, a manga gamer, back on for, oh dear God, like the eighth time? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I think he might be our record holder for um, number of appearances now. To be fair, they do pump out a lot of games. Yes. <laughs> um, this, not all of which um, are on Steam for various reasons. Um, though this time around, we're actually going to be talking about one of their older releases. Um, Himawari, The Sunflower. You know, that at, is what Himawari means. I'm like, that is the full name. I no, no, I know. I, I'm wondering if what it is in Japanese. Like, um. Anyway, it yeah, pro it probably is just Himawari. It's just that's a very simple word. Yeah. Anyway, um, in the year 2048, a high altitude airliner built to carry man's dreams crashed leading to the loss of countless lives. At the same time, following the unforeseen death of the Amiana Diago, um, however you pronounce that, the astronaut once lauded as a hero, 
the field of space development entered a period of stagnation. Two years later, in 2050, Hinata Yuichi attends high school as the sole survivor of the crash. His memory is lost from the shock caused by the accident. After jointly founding the so-called Space Club, Yoichi and his friend Amiyanga Ginga, the son of Amiyanga, uh, Amiina Diago. Yeah, these names are really hard to fucking pronounce. They're just Japanese. Yeah, that, that, that's why I know. they spent their school days <clears throat> building a rocket until one fateful night, a mysterious young girl called Ares um, crash lands near them. Her memories also lost uh, from the shock of the landing. Yoichi, unable to leave Ares to fend for herself, decides to take the girl in, and so the two um, begin their new lives under the same roof. So, so it's Common Rider Forzai. Um, meets romance. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking mostly because Space Club. Yeah. All right. Also worth note that um, this is the Steam version. Um, we do plan on reviewing this particular game on Sunday, ne uh, next week, next Sunday. Like, I, I want to say that there might be a adult uh, R18 version of this. Um, I'm. Yeah, let's see if we find out here. Yeah, it's like I'm see. I'm like, more research is needed in that uh, regard. Um, but that's um, that's what's happening on Fragments of Silicon. Um, Petty Fan, what is going on on MSP this week? Um, who is our guest this week? That's what I'm asking. I'm, I'm trying to look for it, and Skype is locking up on me. Here. Well, anyway, there is an adult version of that visual novel. That's what I thought. Um. Yeah, I can't find her name for the life of me. Um, oh, Kira Buckland, I think, is what he's... No. Not Kira. Um, shit. No. <laughs> the one who... I think she does the, like, Pottermore cons is what Mac mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. But her name is escaping me at the moment, and I can't find it in my little Dude, chat log. Is not Kira Buckland? It's not. No. Oh, right. It's, uh... Is it Kara something? Maybe I feel really bad about this, but I just forgot Sorry, to write I'm it down. With names, so. yeah. Well, this shit show's gone on long enough. Let's <laughs> <go>. <laughs> yeah, again, I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're really gonna have to get on a better page with that uh, MSP schedule. Not yeah, just yell, just yell at Mac. Just tell him, like, listen, fucker, give me a list, or don't fucking get me to do this anymore. Got it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maybe. on that note, um, we'll wish you good gaming.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.